are listening to the Sports Daily. I'm your host, Reality Steve. Thank you all for tuning in. Good episode for you today. We got some NBA talk, the coaching carousel that's happening right now, firings happening, little discussion on Ja Morant. We've got more Doc Rivers statistics that make him literally, I just, he's not a horrible coach, but his numbers are just awful. Draymond Green, what happens with him this offseason? Got some baseball news for you. And then, of course, we're going to end it with a little Dallas Stars game seven victory last night. They are headed to the Western Conference final against your Vegas Golden Knights. We'll get to all that momentarily. The first thing I want to start off with is remember at the end of last week, I talked about the fact that there was one voter who left Nikola Jokic off his MVP ballot where you have to vote for five people, which is utterly ridiculous. There was only one guy, everybody. And not only did he have him left off of his top five, every other voter had Jokic somewhere in his top three. So clearly there was a mistake made, but at the time we didn't know we found out it was Mark Jackson. So Mark Jackson obviously had to answer to this. He's the, color commentator for ABC during the NBA finals. And he's interviewing for some head coaching jobs, former head coach of the golden state warriors. And he owned it. He said, I made a mistake. And one thing I live by, you make a mistake, you own it. I'm not a guy that does it for clicks or to be trending. Absolute mistake made by me. You can tell I've probably been thinking, how did I make that mistake? You can tell I put one center, two forwards and two guards. So I wasn't even thinking I apologize to Denver nuggets. I apologize to Nikola Jokic who is not only in the MVP discussion and deserved to be on my ballot, but he's one of the greatest players in the history of this game. He's a top 10 center of all time, so I own it. If you want to take away my vote or do whatever, you're more than welcome. I made a mistake. He deserves, in my opinion, clearly. I would have still voted for Joel Embiid to be MVP, but with Giannis and Jokic second and third, they deserve that. So that's all you want. Accountability. Made a mistake. We didn't know at the time. We're just like, what in the hell? How do you possibly leave... Jokic off your top five ballot if you don't want to vote for him to win that's fine because it was a tough decision between Giannis Embiid and Jokic and let's face it Nikola Jokic the only reason he didn't win it this year is because he'd won it the last two years and people just had an issue with giving it to him three years in a row and Embiid was close enough to Jokic this year to where it's like okay let's finally give it to Joel Embiid who's led the league in scoring the last two years but Jokic has then just gone out and just gone scorched earth in the playoffs. And he's been awesome, you know. I still think the Lakers are going to beat the Nuggets. We'll dive into more of that. Oh, wait, that game's tonight. Maybe we will dive into that in a second. I do want to talk about the coaching carousel that's happening. As you know, Nick Nurse let go by the Toronto Raptors. Mike Budenholzer let go by the Milwaukee Bucks. Over the weekend, Monty Williams let go by the Suns. I think this is going to be a coaching carousel where a lot of them take over the other's team. I think Budenholzer or Nick Nurse is going to end up coaching the Suns. I think Monty Williams or Nick Nurse is going to end up coaching the Bucks. I don't necessarily think that it means that whoever one doesn't get it is going to end up in Toronto, but I have a feeling this is going to be a carousel where they're all just taking each other's jobs because Nick Nurse has won an NBA title uh, within the last five years. 
Monty Williams got to the NBA Finals within the last three years. Mike Budenholzer won an NBA title within the last three years. All of them are out of a job. They're not going to be out of a job long. They are going to catch on with somebody. Now, it is possible that one of them, it, it, maybe it's possible that all three don't get a job, but if one of them doesn't, that means they're just taking a year off and they're waiting for something else to open up because stuff opens up every year. We see the turnaround that's happening in NBA coaching world, and it's ridiculous. The other thing is Doc Rivers is probably going to be out of a job as well for Philly, so that opens up yet another job that Monty Williams, Mike Budenholzer, or Nick Nurse can go to. And Doc will probably end up somewhere else, if not going back to broadcasting and maybe taking some time off. Because we talked about Doc Rivers, and, you know, good coach. I just, he won an NBA title with the Boston Celtics, but that was over 10 years ago now. He's living off that. But losing five consecutive Game 7s, he's never won a Game 7 on the road. He's lost 10 Game 7s, which is five more than any NBA coach in history. And get this one. In series-clinching games, it could be in the first round, second round, third round, NBA Finals, when his team has gotten to that three wins in a series and is in a series-clinching game, his record is 17-33. and That's terrible. Terrible. I mean, when you have 10 Game 7 losses, yeah, you're probably not going to have a great record in series-clinching games, but 17-33? and Your winning percentage is basically 33%? You know, I don't know what you do with that because the guy's a good regular season coach. His teams are always good. They always make the playoffs for the most part. They just fall flat on their face when they get to the playoffs. It's just, I don't know what you do with him. He's going to get a job. Maybe he takes a year off and goes back to broadcasting, or maybe he says, you know what? Uh, This is weighing on me. No, I'm not going to do it anymore. I'm done. But, man, oh, man, that's tough. I I did want to uh, talk about Draymond Green real quick because there are a lot of think pieces going on around the Golden State Warriors right now about this season, about their future. Do you keep the core together? Draymond made it perfectly clear after the loss to the Lakers. He said, I want to be a warrior for the rest of my life. I want to ride out with the same dudes I rode in with. He also added yesterday on his podcast, but I understand it's a business, and he's going to announce his future on his podcast. That's the first time you're going to hear it. I don't think Draymond's going anywhere. I don't think the Warriors are going to break up their core three. I do think, though, that they are going to retool around those three because they played well enough. And you could say, well, Draymond is just such a liability on offense and they don't have to guard him. Yeah, but he was a liability for the four titles that they won. He was never good offensively. He's the anchor of their defense. I don't think they're ever going to get rid of him. I, If he says that, I want to be a warrior for the rest of my life, I highly doubt the Warriors, who are so loyal to their guys, especially their core three of Curry, Thompson, and Draymond, are going to go to him and say, yeah, we're going to move on from you. I, I, I don't see it. Now, money situation-wise you need a capologist to explain to the layperson 
how the NBA cap works and all this stuff. There are so many things that you and I are clueless about, and I'll never even begin to understand the cap situation in the NBA because you can go over it. There is a cap that you can spend, but you can go over it, but then you pay a penalty, and if you pay a penalty like three or four years in a row, it becomes even a stiffer penalty, and now the new CBA that's going into a, that's going into effect this offseason is changing the way teams can be made and it's almost working against teams like the Golden State Warriors where you can just keep paying your own players whatever you feel like it it's so confusing I don't want to know but what I do know is this I don't think Golden State is giving up on their core three nor should they Steph Clay and Draymond will most likely be on the team next year it's what they do around them that's going to be the interesting thing and yet I don't understand what they can even do around them with the new CBA. The collective bargaining agreement for the NBA is going into effect, and I'm I'm not about to sit here and read every page of it, and it's way above my pay grade in terms of understanding it. I just know that from everything I've read, Clay's in the final year of his contract. He's going to have to take a pay cut if he wants to stay with the Warriors, and my guess is he will. And Draymond will probably have to either keep the same money or right now he can opt in. If he says, I want to opt in, he's making $27.5 million next year. Or he can opt out, become a free agent, and anybody can sign him. But I don't think he would opt out, and the Warriors would let him opt out without having spoken to him and saying, this is what we want to do for you moving forward. So this offseason for the NBA is going to be so interesting because not only are coaching vacancies going to be filled, but what do the Warriors do? What do the Philadelphia 76ers do? Is James Harden really wanting to go back to Houston? Do you blow that thing up because it hasn't worked in the last six years because you haven't gotten out past the second round in six years? What do the Milwaukee Bucks do? They failed miserably in the playoffs, despite what Giannis wants to tell you. What do the Phoenix Suns do? Can they do much when they're paying two players, Kevin Durant and Devin Booker, close to $90 million? How do you build around them? Is DeAndre Ayton gone? What do the Mavericks do? How do they build around Luka? Is Kyrie Irving going to stay? If he doesn't, where's he going? There are so many questions in the NBA, and it's going to be a wild offseason. Tonight, tonight is going to determine some team's fate because if you don't know, the best high school player since LeBron James is coming to the NBA next year, and he's from France, and his name is Victor Wembanyama. He's seven foot four, and he does some freaky ass shit on the basketball court that we have never seen before. If you don't know about him, Google him, watch his YouTube videos, watch his YouTube highlights. He is unreal. Seven foot four. Whoever wins the NBA lottery tonight, which I believe happens at halftime of the Laker Nuggets game, is going to get a generational player. Every single scout knows that he is going to succeed in the NBA. Seven foot four, can dribble, shoot threes, obviously can dunk, he can take it to the hoop. We haven't seen anything like this before. Not at seven four. So they are saying he's the best high school prospect since LeBron James. It's a lot to live up to, for sure. But whoever wins the lottery tonight just won themselves the women Yama sweepstakes. Briefly. I want to talk about John Morant. There isn't a hell of a lot more to say. Really, there isn't. Because he was suspended for eight games during the regular season because 
He went on his own Instagram live and flashed a gun in a strip club. This past weekend, he was on his friend's Instagram live in the car, in the passenger seat, and flashed a gun. I mean, that's just stupidity to me. Everybody's calling him out. He clearly has some sort of issue. Something's going on in his life that maybe is a lot more serious than we know. We don't know for sure. But we do know that when he was suspended eight games, apparently he went to rehab, and that clearly didn't work because literally a month later or two months later, he's flashing a gun again in an Instagram Live. Now, my expectation is this. I'm going to lay it out there right now. I don't know if this is what NBA's penalty is going to be. He's going to get suspended again. The, the Memphis Grizzlies have already suspended him from all team activities, and they are doing an investigation. He's getting suspended by the NBA again, and my guess is he's probably going to be suspended for half the season. If I was the NBA, he would have to miss 41 games next year. That's where I would lay it at. Some people think it's going to be between 25 and 40 games. I'm, I'm fine with that. If he gets 30, I'd be fine with that. But you have to lay down the law here for a guy who literally didn't learn from his first suspension and didn't learn that, yeah, maybe I shouldn't flash a gun when I'm on an Instagram Live. Just outright stupidity. It sucks because he's one of the best young players in the NBA. But clearly, he's not all there between his ears right now. And I don't know if this is something else going on in his life. None of us know. But to do that twice in a span of two months, just stupid. And he's going to pay the price for it. As for tonight, Game 1, NBA Finals. Or NBA, sorry, NBA Western Conference Finals. That would be the Lakers and the Nuggets, 8.30 Eastern time on ESPN. Right now, the Nuggets are a six-point favorite. Again, it's very hard to predict it game by game. I'm almost looking that at this as you know a whole series thing. I've told you, I think the Lakers are going to win. If they lost, would I be surprised? Of course not. This is the Western Conference Finals. These are two really two teams playing really well. Neither of them have lost a home game in the playoffs. I think that ends. I think somebody's going to lose a home game this series. I also think the Lakers are going to split in Denver. I don't know if they win tonight and then lose the next one or lose tonight and win the next one. But I do think they'll get a split in Denver, and I think they come home and win two. And I think Denver wins game five and the Lakers win game six. I really think that's the way the series is going to go. Very hard to not only predict a series but predict every game of it. So I'll probably be wrong. I'm sure I will be. I don't I don't expect to be Right. But my biggest thing is um, the prediction of the Lakers winning the series. I just I like this Lakers team. They're playing better and they are one of the better defensive teams, if not the best defensive team in the playoffs so far this year. So I think Denver has their work cut out for them. Denver's been one of the it has been the best offense in the NBA playoffs since it started. So you got the best offense going up against the best defense. And I'm sure Denver's going to have some games where they completely go bonkers and the Lakers don't play well defensively and vice versa. But the biggest thing for me is controlling Nikola Jokic because he's what makes the Denver team go. And controlling him after he had the ridiculous series against the Suns just means you can't have him going absolutely nuts. He's going to get his. It's impossible for him not to. The guy's a should have been a three-time MVP consecutive, but – we're looking at a guy right now that's, you know, controlling Nikola Jokic is 20 to 25 points, 9 to 12 rebounds, and 8 to 10 assists. 
You can't have him going for 30 to 35 points, 15 to 18 rebounds, and 12 to 15 assists, which is basically what he did in the Sun Series. Just utterly ridiculous for a center. But you've got Anthony Davis, and I said it yesterday, and I'll say it again today. This series comes down to which Anthony Davis shows up. If Anthony Davis plays like an absolute man-child, the Lakers are going to win this series because I think they have enough support off their bench and their bench players are playing well enough to where they can pull out four wins. I really think that. But if Anthony Davis, you know, has two or three stinkers again, they're not winning, period, because LeBron can't carry this team anymore. He can play well in stretches. He can play well for full games. But LeBron is not a dominant player anymore who's going to dominate for all six or seven games of a six- or seven-game series. It's just he doesn't have that in him. He kind of picks and chooses his spots now, which is fine when you're 38 years old and you've got 60,000 minutes under your belt in the league. He cannot go all out every single game. He picks and chooses his spots. He's done well. Had a great game six win over the Golden State Warriors. I think he had 30 points, nine rebounds, and nine assists. I mean, that's just ridiculous for a 38-year-old with 60,000 minutes under his belt, the fact that he's doing this. But he had help from his teammates, and for the longest time this season, he didn't. They had horrible teammates. They revamped their roster at the All-Star break, and here they are now in the Western Conference Finals as the seventh seed, and they're not that big of an underdog to win the series, just like they weren't against the Memphis Grizzlies and just like they weren't against the Warriors. They're underdogs, but not big underdogs. So Vegas sees it, and I kind of see it. I think this. I think this is. This is made for the Lakers. I think they beat them, and we get a Laker. I think we're getting a Lakers Celtics finals, which is what ABC wants, and frankly, what a lot of of us who grew up in Southern California in the '80s would love to see here in 2023. I'm going to save my baseball for later. Uh, later meaning, sorry, tomorrow. But want to end it with a little hockey tonight. Your conference finals are now set in the world of hockey. Dallas Stars win game seven last night against the Seattle Kraken, two to one. I, I mean, I told you, college football and the NFL are my two favorite sports. Hands down, no question about it. But playoff hockey is literally 1C because it is so exciting to watch, especially on a Game 7. I was screaming at the television last night how many times <laughs> Dallas Stars got close to a goal in the first period and even the second period. The amount of shots that went off the post, the amount of pucks that were bouncing around, any centering pass where a guy was cutting to the net, I was just, oh, oh you know, just... I could not help myself. Every slap shot, anytime somebody wound up for a slap shot, it's just you're thinking because that's the thing about hockey. There's just so little scoring that somebody could score two minutes into the game and there never be a score the rest of the game. You just never know. So all it takes, get that first goal on the board. The Dallas Stars had so many chances. I believe they outshot them 17-3 to in the first period. So many chances, and Grubauer, the Kraken goalie, was literally standing on his head. He was unbelievable in the first period, how great he was. Then in the second period, Stars had numerous chances, and then they finally broke through with a goal, 
and then they get a goal with, I believe, 10 minutes left in the third. Seattle scored with 17 seconds left to make it 2-1. to one. You got a little nervous, but literally with 17 seconds left, you have to win the faceoff and just fire it at the, the goal and see what happens because you don't have a lot of time. And, uh, and Dallas won, and now they take on the Vegas Golden Knights, a team they beat in the bubble in 2020. Doesn't mean anything now, but they also were 3-0 and against them during the regular season. Again, a, a stat that doesn't mean much come playoff time, but Dallas was 3-0 and against Vegas during the regular season. The series is in Vegas, home ice advantage for the Golden Knights, but we know that really doesn't mean a whole hell of a lot. Uh, Stars just need to win one out of the two in Vegas and come home and defend their home ice, even though they have lost home games in the playoffs. So has Vegas. So it doesn't start till Friday, so they get a good three days off. And if you watched the game last night, you know how exciting it was. You know how nerve-wracking it is for playoff hockey. And once again, I've been saying this the whole time in the playoffs for the Dallas Stars. Goalie Jake Ottinger is – it makes no sense to me. What did I tell you his record was off a loss? Well, he did it again last night. Now he's 24-2-3 off a loss since last year's playoffs. 5-0 this playoff season off a loss. You look at it and you're just like, okay, but then – how did he look so shitty two nights ago 48 hours ago he's letting in goals that he just was like it's like he was sleepwalking out there and then he comes out last night and it looks like there was no way the Kraken were ever going to score against him no matter how many chances they got so it's frustrating because twice in this series he got pulled and yet every single loss in the playoffs so far for Dallas Star goaltender Jake Ottinger He's come back with a win, 5-0 and off a loss. So if they lose Friday night, game one to Vegas, say, great. We know that what Audendrick is capable of, and it's coming back off a loss. I can't wait for this series. Vegas is probably my second favorite team in the NHL. And, you know, I was looking at the schedule. I was like, wait a second, wait a second here. Is it possible if this series goes seven games that, I could be in Las Vegas for a Game 7 between the Stars and the Golden Knights because Vegas has home ice advantage. And I looked at the schedule, and no, Game 7, if it goes to seven games, is on Wednesday, May 31st, which, one, happens to be my birthday, and two, is the day before I leave for Vegas. So doesn't look like I'm going to be able to go to any hockey games when I'm out there uh, for my fan party this year because I read that the NHL finals start on June 8th. So, yeah, the only way I would have possibly been able to go is if the finals started earlier and Vegas beat the Stars. So I didn't really care because I don't want the Vegas to beat the Stars. Of course I want the Stars to win. But, yeah, if this game goes 7, Game 7 will be May 31st, and then I leave on the 1st for the party, which, by the way, Courtney Robertson and her husband will be there. Dave Neal and his wife Tasha will be there. Looking forward to it. It is sold out. Sorry, it's been sold out for a while, but I will. Uh, I'm sure I'll go live on Instagram during the party, at least for a little bit, to uh, to let everybody kind of see who's never seen the party and would maybe be interested in going to a future party because I'm sure I'll be having one again next year in the first or second weekend of June. I think I'm going to change it to the second weekend of June next year because the first weekend in June, this first Friday in June, when I've always had it. 
it seems to be a little more expensive than the second week in June. So it must be a convention that's going on, and uh, I might change it next year to the second week of June. So look forward to that. But, uh, yeah, party. Two and a half weeks. Can't wait. Anyway, thank you all for listening. Really appreciate it. Please rate, subscribe, and review an Apple podcast. Much appreciated. Pass the podcast along. Let other people know about it. Let as many people as you know know about this podcast so we can blow this thing up and get as big as possible. And remember, sports will always be the greatest reality show on television. See you!